0: How's it going, you awesome nerds? Welcome back to Pitch Slapped. My name's Kaylee Hillier and I have been a fan of Pitch Perfect since Becca Mitchell discovered a cappella. That's right. Coming up on today's episode, we are going to be delving into the most iconic scene, which I feel like could be the most iconic scene of the movie. We'll find out. We are delving into the shower scene today. And I have enlisted some help to uh, help me go into it because I've been well nervous to do this episode. Like, you would not believe... I kept putting it off because I was like, man, this is a difficult one to do. It's such a beloved scene. It's also quite controversial. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And hopefully we do it justice. It's the next part of our Pitch Perfect watch-through. And what a scene it is. We've also got some fan fiction highlights for you. But of course, we've got to do our act news. Ah. On our act news this week, Skylar Austin has been teasing us about releasing some new music for a while now, and we have a date. He recently announced that his new music's going to be coming out on the 23rd of June. Now, we don't have a lot to go off of, but he did have the hashtag without you on the announcement. And then looking at some of the images that are coming out, it does seem fairly likely that the song is going to be called Without You. So watch this space, Skylar Austin music, coming in very, very soon. What type of thing do you think he's going to be like singing do you think he's gonna be like going proper poppy with it I, I kind of really want him to just go like proper cheesy pop come on skylar <laughs> we know you can do it. you sing all the time on shows you go to the sublime to the ridiculous so you can do a lot there either the or uh, do you think he could pull off r&b rock maybe i mean there's so many options just give us something good here skylar come on in other news we had some big Anna Camp news this week we have been seeing on her social media especially Instagram as she's been sharing in her stories about being on location in a movie and like we've seen like things of her horseback riding and other stuff and we knew it was going to be some sort of period piece but we didn't know that much about it and the announcement came this week that the movie is going to be called Murder at Emigrant Gulch I hope I said that right. We'll, we'll see. It's a Western thriller. So a little bit different for Anacamp. I'm kind of excited for her to delve into a Western. Set in 1882, the film follows a former slave who arrives at emigrant Gulch, Montana. A desolate former boomtown now on the decline looking for a place to call home. On that same day, a local prospector discovers gold and is murdered. The sheriff arrests the town newcomer, but as the mystery of the prospector's murder deepens and the town's earnest preacher questions the accused man's guilt, a clash between faith and the law threatens to tear the town apart. So, sounds really tense, and we don't know that much of Anna Camp's role yet, but we do see one image of her with like a gun pointed. I'm already like excited to see how this is going to play out. Also, just for those creators who just love Aubrey Posen, you now literally have an image that you could use as Aubrey Posen, just being really badass, aiming with a gun. So, so much good stuff coming out of this already. Watch this space. And finally, Ben Platt is so busy getting ready for his new album. He recently tweeted that the album is mixed, named, and has a cover. It's literally ready to go. So excited to find out when this is all going to be happening. I'm all here for Ben Platt music. And going along with that, he also released... Imagine Again, we've already had the main cut of the track... We've had the remix, and now we've got the acoustic version. And he's also been on Pride Talks podcast with Apple Music, part of their Pride Month series, talking to LGBTQ musicians. And it's great to see just Ben Platt getting out there and really getting into this album and and just drawing the excitement that we're all getting with some new Ben Platt music. So... I'm sure there's going to be so much more to come. I'm so excited for it. That is our action news this week. We've got some fan fiction highlights coming up for you in the form of a sitcom AU. We've also got strangers to friends to lovers AU and another soulmate AU because I love soulmate fix. I read this one and I was like, I'm sold. But first, it is time for us to delve into... The iconic shower scene. Well, what can I say about what we are about to delve into here on the podcast? Because I feel like this might be the most iconic scene of the movie. If not the most iconic, it's one of the most iconic scenes. Also potentially the most controversial. So this is going to be an interesting one. It is, of course, none other than the iconic... The Chloe shower scene. We knew this was coming when we were doing the uh, watch through, and I am well excited to kind of delve into it. There is so much to look at with this scene that I obviously could not do this alone. So I have asked my fellow Pitch Perfect fan, (laughs) Ellie, to join me today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: You are very welcome. I'm very excited to talk about um the shower scene.
0: Yes. Because mm-hmm. of course, like, yeah, there is just so much to like look at and it's a beloved scene by a lot of people. And like I was kind of really nervous to get into this one. I was like, man, I'm gonna need like someone who can like really like just get into this and do it justice. So thank you so much for like joining me today.
1: You are very welcome. I can definitely get into this. I know that a lot of people think it's super controversial though which it definitely is so we'll be mindful
0: yes mm-hmm. and hopefully we can just like yeah we can just do it justice today on the podcast and for those who don't know people know you from because you're all over the place online
1: that is terrifying um no I am Chloe Beale on tumblr and
0: tmylm on ao 3 and that is pretty much it So yeah, I mean, we're going to delve into this scene and hopefully like cover a lot of the the topics that come out from the shower scene, because there's an awful lot. And because we're doing this watch through, I was debating kind of where to start the watch through from. And I figured the best place to do it was literally straight after the uh, radio scene, which we did last time in the watch through so that takes us directly to when becca is on the grass so i don't know if you've seen that in the quad and she's got her like mixing equipment and you just have that little scene of becca sat on the grass kind of chilling and we just get the notes of that mashup that she's working on at the time which i think is titanium versus 500 miles
1: yeah those are the weirdest songs to put together i feel like that is Whoever came up with that, I'm very mad about it. Like, (laughs) why would you mix those two songs?
0: (laughs) Can I just say that, like, I loved the movie and I was totally in to Becca mixing and putting mashups together but I hate The Proclaimers 500 Miles with a Passion. And (laughs) hearing this song come on and I was like, no, why? This did not make sense. It doesn't fit
1: with, not that I do mashups or anything, but I feel like it doesn't fit with like Titanium. And also that Proclaimers, it's Proclaimers, yeah. That song is just terrible in general. So (laughs) that's like the worst part of the entire movie for me, but. Yeah, whatever. She makes it work. If that's what she wants to um, jam together. Then that's fine. That's I did her. think it was
0: kind of novel. Like, okay, Becca wants to be this like DJ and make mashups, and I'm like, and you pick the Proclaimers, okay? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was just it was a very weird choice.
0: I mean, okay, but- if you want to cross genres, great. And yeah. Titanium, I'm all here for Titanium. But why? Why? Should you yeah. Do that? No, I have no idea
1: that. No, I've just never liked that part. And I always <laughs> I remember thinking like after I watched the movie, like the first time, because I didn't really like the movie after the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I love it now, obviously. But after the first time, I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, that was like Becca's the worst DJ ever. <laughs> and now I feel bad because she's great. But it was just that one mashup. I was like, no,
0: I hate this. I hate it. I'm done they released all the mashups like separately and that's that's always the one that i will skip like i love listening to the others but that one i'm like no i can but, no no just, I've, is that like on like the um soundtrack they did a separate soundtrack where they released them oh gosh okay no, was, like, I've not heard that. yeah i would skip that too <laughs> at least it's only a short scene and like Becca is cute in it that's true. And it, yeah, at least yeah. it gives us a lead in to the shower scene where clearly titanium has uh, a thing, go, you know, it's a thing Becca's Yeah, There's an importance to that mashup in some way. I don't know what the proclaimers added to it, but yeah, it was there in some way, shape or form. Also, I would just like to note the fact that in that particular scene, the running in a circle club are currently running in a circle And I'm just grateful that we got to see more of them in this movie. I am so happy that you pointed that out. I have never noticed that before. They
1: needed a bigger part in that movie. Imagine being cast as that role. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Being cast as one of running in a circle, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, you could be like, look, there's me running in a circle. Like every time you watch that movie. That is like
1: more fitness than I ever do. So more power to them. Do you think they ever got dizzy? possibly I would have done yeah how many times do you think they ran in a circle oh my gosh I don't know because imagine like how many times they probably have to like reshoot each scene so they're just like (laughs) running in a circle for hours oh my god that would suck okay I don't envy those people anymore (laughs) very proud of them for being cast but I still don't envy them
0: yeah yeah well at least they got fit doing it (laughs) yeah Maybe this is just my own tangent after watching these scenes a number of times, and my mind just sparked off. And there's like a common theme that just seemed to run through, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later on. But it was interesting that Becca's on her own. Like there's yeah. groups of people all around, you've got running in a circle club doing her, their thing. And literally, Becca sat there on her own, and she just kind of working on her mixer equipment and puts her headphones on and just going chills. And that kind of then leads us into her in her dorm room. She's been quite a loner up to this point in the movie.
1: Yeah. And it's also like just another like music thing, I feel like, because like in the scene before her dad was like specifically like, you need to join a club or something. And then she goes into like doing her music. So it's almost like kind of telling that she's going to join like a musical club or something which obviously then I won't like get into the shower scene just yet, but then that also adds to that. But we'll talk about that in a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point, though. Yeah, it's just uh, the fact that you've got groups of people doing stuff and they've obviously found connections in the activity fair, people finding connections there, and maybe Becca hasn't found that connection yet. I think she did a little bit with the radio station, but she's still a little bit standoffish with Jesse.
1: Yeah, like she can still be kind of a loner in like the radio station. If she doesn't actually have to converse with anybody in there, if she doesn't want to, because she's not actually on the radio.
0: That's true. That's true. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, she's <laughs> stuck in CDs.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what Jesse joined to do, apparently. So, He's having a great time to that cause. yeah. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which then takes us to Becca's dorm room where she's asleep. My first question with this whole scene. Did he walk in or does Kimmy Jin let him into the room? Because I am slightly terrified that he would just walk into a dorm room. <laughs> I think he just lets himself
1: in, but I never thought of that. Because like Kimmy Jin's like sitting at her desk and I feel like does she have like headphones on or something? Like she's really she's on her like, laptop or something. She's really like in the zone. So I'm pretty sure she hasn't just like gotten up to let him in. He
0: just is- it just kind of like I'm like you're a professor here surely you wouldn't just walk in but I don't know like you don't see what happens you just hear the knock and it's always a true bit like,
1: okay but also like we're like doing this right now and my mum just walked in so
0: <laughs> it's just a parent <laughs> thing it's fine <laughs> maybe I mean she's not living with him but apparently that still uh, is okay for him to just walk into her dorm room <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is a bit weird, especially for poor, like, Kimmy Jin, for, like, her roommate. She's like, okay, I guess i just get used to this.
0: She just-, <laughs> just, like, looks around at <laughs> the stranger walking into the room, yep. like, what? <laughs> no yep. wonder she's annoyed during that scene. <laughs> Honestly. How annoying is it when parents wake you up?
1: Oh, it is very annoying. <laughs> Imagine it, like, at school as well, because, like, people go to, like, college or uni or whatever to, like, obviously, you know, to learn whatever but also to like get away from like their home and do the like adult thing for the first time and then like Paul has to do the adult thing with her dad literally like right there so yeah that must
0: suck that would be the worst like I was watching back that scene and I was like man she kept her cool during that thing because I would have lost it like I'm asleep in a dorm room where I'm not expecting to see my parents like <laughs> and then yeah exactly
1: (laughs) exactly that is like too much I would be very upset by that also like some people skip like a class or two in college not that I'm like saying you should do that definitely don't do that but people do and you can't do that if like your dad's like right there to be like come on time to get out of time to school like it's just it's annoying I feel bad for her I feel like she's still stuck in the like high school like mindset with her dad there
0: yeah that's true I mean, obviously, I have no idea how many classes she's actually gone to. We get this impression that maybe it's not a lot of classes she's been going to, but still. Yeah. Like.
1: I feel like she has not been going to that intro to philosophy class since she doesn't... Is that what it is? Since she doesn't like seem to um, know anything about it. She's like, uh, if I don't go, it still suck? It's like, mm, probably will, yeah, but... <laughs>
0: Although I was low-key impressed the fact that she was actually able to come up with that response to his question after just waking up. I was like, I would be way too out of it. So fair play to Becca for just, like, coming straight back with that sort of rebuttal. Yeah, she woke up sassy.
1: I feel like that's, like, a really good, like, like, showing her character really well. The fact that she can just, like, wake up like that. And be, like, super sassy still. Like, I need, like, a good
0: hour and a lot of coffee before I can bring the sass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just natural for Becca. She's so just any the sass is just right there. Yep, exactly. The fact that she's taking intro to philosophy class, I just find quite hilarious. I'll, I mean, I obviously am not American, so I don't know the system, but I got the impression, like, the first bits of college, they get to, like, do a number of things before specialising. Mm-hmm. But I always have a bit, like why intro to philosophy yeah
1: maybe it was like one of those classes where she just kind of had to do it because she like didn't want to go to college anyway so it was like kind of a last minute like you know trying to get out of it for as long as she could and then at the last minute she was just like okay I'm not getting out of it I'm gonna to have to sign up to whatever classes left and that one just happened to be left with some spaces so maybe she didn't actually want to do it I can't see her wanting to do that <laughs>
0: You never know, maybe maybe Becca's got this whole philosophical side to her that we don't know about.
1: Maybe she does. That's an interesting thought.
0: She's a deep thinker, maybe. Yeah.
1: I mean, she probably is because she's alone a lot, at least like in the beginning. True. Does a lot of thinking.
0: Yeah. We also get to see the contrast between Becca's side of the room and Kimmy Jin's side of the room, which I love just how different they are. You've got like Becca's full of like records and little knickknacks and decorations. And then Kimmy Jin's like at her desk. And it's all just white and oh, yeah. just minimalistic. Kimmy Jin
1: has her life together in this part. She wants to be there. She wants to be at school doing like school things. But Becca does not want to be there. <laughs> and her little messy room, um, her messy side of the room definitely tells us that at least her dad doesn't like come in like asking her to like pick her room up or anything he's not that's like true. telling her to clean up
0: <laughs> i think that's a good point though the <clears> fact, <throat> fact that like kimmy jin's there she's doing uni work. it looks like she's doing uni work or college work on her laptop she's like in the zone she wants to be there and she's stuck with a roommate who's just like not interested having arguments with the dad like yeah yeah. See, I always
1: felt bad for Becca, like having Kimmy Jin as her roommate, because not that there's anything wrong with Kimmy Jin, but she doesn't seem to like Becca. And I was always like, poor Becca. But now that you say that, I actually feel worse for Kimmy Jin. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> imagine having that as like your roommate, like you have Becca that's like playing like annoying music all the time with the 5,000 miles thing. And, 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 and like her dad coming in, like <laughs> just unannounced. That must suck.
0: <laughs> yes yeah, well, I, I a think newfound uh, appreciation for Kimmy Jin <laughs> poor Kimmy Jin just yeah. yeah getting a newfound appreciation for being yeah. stuck with a rubbish roommate that is true we're sorry Becca we
1: like you like further on but you're probably not a good roommate
0: <laughs> <laughs> Becca's dad's come in and they have this whole conversation what do you think are Becca's dad's main concerns about his daughter mostly that in fact it's not even
1: that she's like not doing her schoolwork. I feel like it's mostly that he wants her to like involve herself like he's more bothered about like her having like friends and stuff because I feel like she probably hasn't well, in fact she hasn't had many friends before has she like she says in like a later scene yeah so I think that's probably his main thing not even so much the like learning and like you know you need to get a degree or whatever it's like you need to live and stop being on your own and you know integrate yourself a little bit I feel like that's his main thing
0: I think that's really interesting so it's not something I picked out before too like watching it a few times and you immediately kind of remember the deal that is made but like I was watching it and then I was just like wow he's like really concerned about her just getting out there and making friends like he talks about creating memories and like i think he made reference to the fact that she's been there a month and hasn't made any friends and like get out there try something like there's like this whole focus on like i want you to get out there out there and and experience life but also like don't just be in your room making mixes go and make friends go and like have some experiences which i think is really interesting
1: yeah i've always thought like he wasn't super into like her music thing and stuff because like when he says something earlier on about like DJ and like not being a career yeah I was just assumed he was like not really into that but maybe it's not so much that he's not into it it's that it's like a lonely thing for her and he wants her to like experience a bit more than that yeah it's not so much the music he doesn't like it's the fact that she's just like on her own doing it
0: I mean, clearly he doesn't really get the music thing because he has the worst references ever to whenever he talks about the music. But like when Becca's doing music, it's just on her laptop. You know, she can do that anywhere, like in her room or whatever, shut the door. And it's very easy to get yourself lost in that. And I can imagine him sort of thinking, wow, you want to go and live in an LA and do all of that, but you're literally going to be in a room mixing. Yeah. And how are yeah, you maybe- going to like go and uh, meet people
1: or yeah know, maybe that's friends. like a thing for him as well he's like you know you can do this like LA thing if you really want to but I need to know that you like can actually do it beforehand that you're actually going to be okay like on your own out there and you're gonna actually go and meet people um I'm starting to think he is like better than I thought he was <laughs> not that I had anything against him I know like in a lot of like fix and stuff like people um like make it seem like he's like this monster that like doesn't want her to like do what she wants to do and i'm pretty sure i've like done that in one of my fics but i don't know i'm starting to think maybe he's actually concerned about her and that's actually quite sweet apart from walking into like her room i don't know i don't like that
0: (laughs) it's funny because i think the first scene with with her and her dad is a lot harsher like you know, with the whole sort of like, oh, I don't want to be here and you have to come to college. And I mean, I broke that down with somebody else when we kind of went through that scene and and there's loads of ways that you could look at the good and bad of that whole conversation. But I I think this particular scene kind of softens him a little bit more. And like you suddenly kind of get a whole other side to it, whether it's because Beck has been there a month and he hasn't seen the progress that maybe he was hoping that she would get from being there and so he's trying to intervene or maybe he's a little bit desperate because nothing really has happened and he can just imagine his daughter dropping out of college because she never attends or whatever it is yeah it's just kind of interesting the fact that there was this whole focus on like you're on your own and you're not even mixing with the students
1: yeah no, I think he's he's definitely more concerned than what I initially thought anyway Which is kind of nice.
0: So do we think that Beck was lonely?
1: Yes. I think she was like, I think she was kind of okay with being on her own, but also like probably still really lonely anyway, because she like then actually opened up to people like later on. So like if you actually really do just want to be on your own, then you will just stay on your own. And he knows maybe that she doesn't actually just want to be lonely all the time. I like maybe he knows her like a little bit better than she thinks he does.
0: I think it's kind of interesting. Cause I think Becca obviously had a focus on what she wanted to do, but I think maybe this was something that she didn't know she needed. And like, obviously she was fine with just being in her room, doing her mixes and stuff, but she didn't have that support structure. Then she was going to later have, and you see later on in the movie when she then talks to him again, and obviously everything that's kicked off with the Bellas has happened, that suddenly she's found something that she didn't know she wanted. And the fact that it's actually really important to her.
1: Yeah. And also, like, maybe he kind of knew that that was coming. Like, he knew that she was going to, like, find these people. She just needed to go out and find them, basically. Which is why he's then, like, go join
0: a club. Like, (laughs) get some friends. Very true, yeah. It's fascinating kind of, like, how it all plays out. So we've got, like... This whole kind of yeah, this whole side of the story where it's just focused on like go and make friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like a big part of like Pitch Perfect in general, though.
1: It's like finding your like people, and she found her people, but her dad just kind of needed to nudge her a little bit. That's she true. Somebody to nudge her a little bit, and then it just turned out that it was her dad.
0: Or there was a certain ginger who found her on the way.
1: Also, that also. <laughs> They like, like such a good team, like Chloe and like Becca's dad. They like really wow. teamed up for that,
0: <laughs> and they didn't even know it. <laughs> they Didn't even know it. That is powerful. And we also just point out the fact that Kimmy Jin in this scene is amazing, and like she yeah. doesn't have very many lines, and sometimes it's just her facial expression. But that bit when like. Becca's dad's talking to her and like, oh, you've been here a month, you haven't made any friends, and like, Becca's clearly trying to like grab something, and she's like, Kimmy Jin is my friend, and then nope. Kimmy Jin just like <laughs> knocks it down.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do love Kimmy Jin. I feel like Kimmy Jin deserved more. She deserved more screen time, especially now that I think about her having like the poor roommate situation. <laughs> <laughs> I you
0: can just imagine... sympathize with Kimmy Jin more. <laughs> <laughs> i can just imagine like kimmy jim probably goes in and out of that room for classes and every time and just becca's just always in the bed yeah
1: kimmy jim's like oh my gosh what am i gonna walk into this time like i'm gonna have some alone time and she walks in and she's like nope <laughs> never mind
0: <laughs> but
1: that's fine she also brings her friends back later on so it's okay
0: that's true yeah ma- mm-hmm. maybe they're just annoyed because they just want to play the nintendo yeah. wii becca's just always there
1: yeah exactly that would be very annoying
0: okay what about the deal then this is the deal that becca reacts to so i like the deal is that you've got to join one club on campus and if at the end of the year you still don't want to be there he will help her go to la
1: yeah i think again that he knew it was gonna like work out for her if she like joined a club or like made some friends she was actually gonna want to like stay with those people But it is also a really good like transition into like the next scene. I feel like he kind of puts the idea in her head, like, okay, you need to join a club. You need to like find some people. And then obviously like Chloe shows up in the shower and it's kind of like, okay, I should do what my dad says because I am going to get to go to LA after. He knew that she wasn't going to like leave. He probably knew like, you know, she's going to like make some friends and she's going to love them and she's going to stay just that little
0: incentive changed everything.
1: Yeah. And the incentive of Chloe naked in her shower also helped. But
0: <laughs> I mean, we haven't got to the shower scene yet, but who do you think was more of a reason for Becca to join the Ballers? Her dad's incentive or Chloe Beal? Okay. In my head, it was definitely Chloe. In my head and in my heart, it was
1: definitely Chloe. But... I do think her dad had something to do with it like obviously she was she wanted to get out like that was her reason for joining in the first place it was so that she could do what her dad said and then be done by the end of that year and then go to LA so I do think her dad has a big part in it
0: but in my heart it is all Chloe. Yeah I think that's like often what I'll think as well it's just like oh look at that it's just it's like it's all but Chloe but there is probably a big factor of the fact that Becca needed to find a club to at least give it a shot like this was her opportunity to get what she wanted and she made it very clear she didn't want to be there and this is actually her dad kind of extending the olive branch a little bit and saying okay you've made your point I will at least support you if you meet me halfway and try this out.
1: Yeah, which is very fair. And especially like he's seen that she's not just being defiant. It's literally been like an entire month and he's like, "Okay, yeah, she's serious. Like, I need to do something. So, yeah, I feel like he knew what he was doing.
0: And if if that shower scene hadn't happened, she could have ended up joining running in a circle club. You never (gasps) (laughs) know. She
1: could. Oh, my gosh. Imagine that would have been a whole different movie. Could have been, like, a baseball movie. I feel like you run in circles for that. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Imagine if we'd written Pitch Perfect. Imagine, like, what kind of fix there'd be. <laughs> Just
0: about running in the circle club <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Somebody do a fic about Beck and joining the running in the circle club.
1: <laughs> I actually would love that. Not me. I'm not going to write that fic, but I would love to read that and see how that incorporated into, like, the actual, like... Pitch perfect world.
0: Either that, or the Bellas are struggling to do cardio, and then they uh, the enlist the running in a cycle club to help them
1: out. Oh my gosh! Why is that such a good idea? Why don't you write?
0: <sighs> That's because you guys do it so much better. So <laughs> uh, we'll we'll agree to disagree. I think you should write this thing All these ideas. I'm just gonna throw them out into the universe. Yeah.
1: Well, that one was hope that you write it and if you don't somebody else will not me
0: somebody will <laughs> so we now have like the incentive is there to uh to make an effort at barden which then leads us very beautifully into the scene that everybody's waiting for the shower scene yeah okay i mean ugh, where enough do we start with this one becca walks in singing titanium uh-huh this song literally is like carries this scene it's like the underlying theme throughout this whole scene is titanium by david Guetta.
1: yeah and it also is also like the chloe like song like that's just that's their song that they sing together like do they have another one where it's just the two of them i feel like they don't
0: i don't think so i think that is literally yeah i think that is the becca and chloe song yep exactly so it's a big deal And what a song it
1: is. Yeah,
0: so much better than 5,000
1: Miles. Imagine if they'd sang that one instead. Oh (laughs) Oh imagine how much more different the
0: scene would be. I would... Embarrassed thinking about it. (laughs) I don't know how I would feel about this movie if... Beck and Chloe song was five hundred miles. Like no, no, I'm very upset about that thought.
1: Let's I mean, not the words are cute. The yeah,
0: the words are cute, but no, no, like, no. Yeah,
1: they did it in like the accent that it's like in the song, like your accent.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> like, it's Scottish, aren't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't
1: know, but they, they just they, they like enunciate that R's. Oh, so it's
0: your accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not my accent. I don't want that image in my head just no no let's not (laughs) let's not make that into a fake so Becca's walked in and she's singing titanium and we just get some feet
1: Mm -hmm. underneath
0: the shower cubicle we don't know who it is yet obviously we know that one of them is Chloe yeah and the other one is the shower guy which apparently is called Tom
1: yeah, I don't even know where that came from. I feel like it's on the like um, Pitch Perfect like wiki, but I don't know who actually said that that was his name because he's just male voice on the um, script, which I now have up for that
0: well, one specific part. It's funny because I was looking into this because like everybody has always called him Tom and I was like, where did mm-hmm. Tom come from? And when I looked through the credits, the actor is listed as being called Tom. Oh, okay,
1: that makes more sense then. And I'm just IM... getting it from, like, the script.
0: Yeah, and on IMDb, uh, he, he's also the actor there is also listed as Tom, so oh, that okay. must be where people got it from. So he does actually have the name Tom. Oh, I he learn something new every day. I don't think you ever hear his name in the movie, but, yeah.
1: He at least shows up twice, because he has the one part now, and then he shows up, like, a little later at the, um, like, echo initiation night thing. Just making mm. out with
0: Chloe, yeah. Yep. So jealous. So <laughs> jealous. <laughs> so we've got Chloe and Tom in the shower. Mm-hmm. And they hear Becca singing, and like the footwork that goes into that moment of the scene is just like on point.
1: Yeah, but imagine if it had like the one part you were just talking about before with like the script with whatever. <laughs> Do you we want saying to mention there.
0: that? yeah
1: so okay like, so
0: there's like a ahead. deleted what would you call a deleted scene deleted yeah, it's sentence?
1: Del- yeah it's like if you've like ever read the script it's there's a lot in the script that isn't actually in the movie um so yeah i guess you could say like a deleted conversation i don't know it's only a really short one a deleted line
0: that's in the script yeah. that isn't in the movie shall i read it <laughs> yeah <laughs> with both voices oh gosh here we go so um interior bathroom shower area in one store we see two pairs of feet there's whispering male voice you said you'd try it female voice i'll get electrocuted <laughs> male voice how so <laughs> i <laughs> i don't know how much you want to elaborate on that i i Uh, like (laughs) I have no
1: idea I cannot even think well actually no I'm sure I can think of like some things but they're not family
0: friendly I don't even know if I want to know what Chloe and Tom were doing in the shower I'm sure you don't I'm sure you don't
1: (laughs) clearly that would have been fun that would have been a fun part to like leave it (laughs) to
0: I to be fair I can imagine this whole scene just being a lot of fun to like mess around with they they must have had so many outtakes of this scene so many well have you like seen the there's I feel like it's in like
1: some interviews or something where they're talking about like how they had to do that scene so many times and they were basically just there for hours and they were just like dying under like the heat of like the stage lighting and stuff and they were like you know it was like the longest most um unsexy like shower scene ever but then it turned out great for us. <laughs> I mean, it apparently was like a lot of work.
0: That's so crazy to think about, though, when you sort of think this scene is so like beloved mm-hmm. to a lot of people. And the chemistry in the scene in itself is what it is. And you just think, man, and they had probably had no idea at the time when they were filming this for hours that that was what they were gonna unleash into the world.
1: Yeah, because then there's like that old tweet like from Kendrick, like when they were actually filming it and it was like just got done like fi- uh, filming like the least sexy like shower scene ever with like Britney Snow. And she did not realise at that time that it was gonna turn out to be like iconic. <laughs> like one of the like main like the Chloe things that like sparked the shit.
0: That mm. is true. They they probably didn't even realise the chemistry they had.
1: No just natural natural gay chemistry we love to see it from the characters not the actors obviously
0: (laughs) even though Tom and Chloe were doing
1: things in the shower beforehand things that could have gotten Chloe electrocuted
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah then we have the footwork which like I just love the fact that Chloe's feet just home in on Becca's voice like it's like as soon as Becca walks in Chloe is just like something has clicked
1: yeah, because I imagine, mind. like, not to, like, lower the tone, but I imagine she was having a lot of fun in the shower, like, beforehand with Tom. And then she, like, as soon as she hears Becca's voice, she's like, okay, we're done here. Time to focus on, you know, the really, like, pretty voice that I can hear. And, yeah, so she just straight up stopped what she was doing, whatever Tom was doing in there with her, getting electrocuted. Yeah, and she was, like, just straight, like, zoning in on Becca.
0: There was no, yeah, there was no messing around. It was, like, as soon as that voice came in everything stopped for chloe beale
1: yep oh i feel like that's how she feels every time becca walks into a room
0: oh that's so soft i know (laughs) still a
1: controversial
0: scene but that is soft (laughs) it is so soft so then we jump to becca Mm -hmm. I, i think when you've seen the scene a number of times like obviously you know what's happening but watching it back Poor Becca has no idea what is about to happen to her. Yeah. But there's also, like, the fact that, like, she just walks in there, like,
1: singing, and she's, like, just ignoring everybody else. Like, that's probably, like, one of those things where she's always on her own. Like, she doesn't really think about the other people being in there and that they can hear her and stuff. She's just in her own little world, doing her own little thing, you know, taking a shower. I like that. And I
0: then. Like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the world's going to jump on you, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of people have headcanons that like this must happen at late at night or something because like it's really quiet in the shower room like it doesn't seem to be like anybody else is there obviously Chloe's in there with Tom but like I like the fact that you sort of mentioned the fact that Becca's just in her own world she's in her own zone maybe she's not even worrying about anybody else there. She's been there like a month she probably goes like
1: she probably has like a specific time that she likes goes to shower like late at night when she's like okay so nobody's gonna be in here at this point so she just assumed as usual you know nobody's gonna be in there i can do my own thing and how wrong she was <laughs> have peace
0: <laughs> for a second yeah <laughs> yep. i love the fact that like becca's just doing her thing in shower and it just like pans back to the shower curtain moving away and here comes chloe <laughs> just smiling in at her One thing that I will say about this whole scene is that Chloe Beale and her fixation on the voice, and whether or not that's a fixation on a cappella or the her love of the bellas or whatever, but like she is so focused.
1: Yeah she's literally focused on that like she walks in like you know creepy and stuff and like it is not okay to walk into somebody else's shower but I feel like she doesn't even realize that that's like what she's doing she doesn't like realize this is really inappropriate like I'm naked this girl is naked she just like walks in like oh my gosh that's such a good voice we can use that for like the bellas. like I feel like she doesn't intend to be as creepy as she is <laughs> but she is a little bit.
0: A little bit Even just like Some of the faces She pulls Whether or not That's just them Choosing the faces They wanted to take From the amount of times They did the scene But it's like Like some of the Creepy faces That like That bit when She's pulling the shower coat away And she just has This huge grin on her face And she's just yeah. like Laser focusing on Becca
1: Yeah She's literally Just focusing on her voice I feel like she's not As much as like We would like to think In like Fix and stuff that she is, like, focusing on Becca. She's not, and she's focusing on her voice, but still not right, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I mean, that I think that's the thing, is, like, you can see the excitement. I mean, literally everything has stopped for Chloe. Anything that she was doing before, clearly she's, like, fairly okay doing most things in public because she's in a public shower area doing mm-hmm. whatever she was doing, like everything stopped at that moment when she heard that voice and then it was just like i need to know what's going on here and like her whole sort of focus just shifted this irrespective of boundaries or anything like she was yeah. gonna find out about that voice yeah she just went into like co-captain mode then like i don't know if she actually are
1: there? an aubrey like co-captains i always like say that they were but i'm not sure i feel like they are i always thought they were in some I, know sense. I, was, I feel like it's never I don't know if it's ever I know if they ever say it but They do like stand Before everybody like together And everything like that doesn't, like in rehearsals
0: Doesn't Alice say to them I can't believe it's going to be yes. back to you two
1: Yes She does okay so they are co-captains So yeah she went into like co-captain mode And she was like oh my god I heard like a really good voice And I need to go check out that voice And get her to come And sing with us Like she wasn't thinking about how
0: weird it was to
1: go about it that way.
0: I think also there was a bit when I was going through it and I was like pausing every now and then to take notes and there's like Chloe's face before she says anything to Becca and she's obviously seen the person where this voice is coming from and like her elation, her just joy on her face and the awe is like, this is how my dreams are going to become a reality yeah it was just like this there's is also
1: it. yeah there's also like i feel like she is very like overshadowed by aubrey and the like co-captain department thing like obviously aubrey's like the main captain and chloe kind of just does what she wants her to do but maybe she kind of likes the fact that she was right like when she saw becca at first like in the activities fair, she was like Oh my gosh! Okay, like this person prob- can probably sing, and then Becca's like, "No, I can't," and Chloe's like, oh, okay." And then she finds out that she can sing, and she's like, "Oh my god, I was right about something! Like, I was right about something that Aubrey was wrong about." Like, that's she's so very true. Excited.
0: Yeah, because like that then leads into like, "You can sing." That whole statement. There's no like, there's no like gentle nudging into this moment. It's literally like the accusation. That you lied to me, you can yeah. sing, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You can sing. I was right. <laughs> like it doesn't matter where we are right now, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is literally what it was. It was just like Chloe B. was like, Hold on a second. I was right about this whole thing and like the joy of actually being like, Yeah, Aubrey was wrong. Exactly. This is my moment. It's so like it's
1: difficult because it's like there's no, there's literally no justifying like jumping into somebody else's shower. That is weird. Like, don't do that. Well, at least not like uninvited, like Chloe does. But like, I just genuinely feel like she doesn't realize that's what she's doing. She doesn't realize she's like doing something wrong. She is literally just focusing on like the voice. It, yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's really hard to explain it.
0: But. It's interesting watching it back because I had like, Concerns going over the scene because of the issues with like jumping to somebody's shower and consent and things mm-hmm. like that. And it was interesting going through this because, like, the way they had played Chloe out is the fact that her whole focus is the voice and a cappella. And, like, even when Becca jumps around and is like, What the heck is going on? and she like whips the shower curtain closed. Chloe immediately then whips it away and walks and she steps into the shower and she doesn't answer any questions. She's just like, how high does your belt go? Like she's still laser focused on this one thing. And that seems to be how the whole, her whole kind of scene plays out for her is just like constantly asking things about a cappella or singing, whatever. And it just kind of like leads through this weird conversation she has with Becca, where Becca's just like, what the heck's going on but her whole focus just is just on that it's almost like she doesn't realize where she is or what people aren't wearing it's just like I've heard this voice I need to know now yeah and she like
1: um doesn't even like I'm pretty sure her eyes do not drop once like I know like in a minute or so um Becca's eyes definitely drop when they're like talking and there's like a lot of gifts of that happening But Chloe's done, I feel like. I feel like the whole time she's literally just staring at Becca's face. She's, like, not thinking about how inappropriate it is because she's not even, like, focusing on anything, like, below her face. She's just, like, looking at her, like, oh, my gosh, you can sing. Like, come and sing with me. Like, that's pretty much all she's focusing on
0: yeah not that we're saying that it's okay to jump into anybody's shower at any point but I think that that was an interesting thing with the scene playing out was the fact that like it is just Chloe's focus
1: yeah it's difficult because there's yeah there's just no like justifying it like as much as you might want to be like oh it's like really cool like the Chloe like moment and it is there's still no justifying like we are not saying dude go ahead and jump into somebody's shower (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) never ever do that there's never do that please never never do that (laughs) and we are not saying that it's okay because it is not
0: when i was preparing for the scene i put out some questions on tumblr about like what is your opinion of the shower scene Mm. and people would like give me their responses to what they thought or like their breakdown of what this scene meant to them and i had like a load through i'm not going to read all of the quotes because like there's a lot that people have said, but i just kind of like pick out a few quotes from some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I asked, like, how would you react if this had happened to you? And Anon on Tumblr said, if I was Becca, I would probably have freaked out and looked anywhere but Chloe. I was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, I would melt. I would, like, die if this had happened to me. So...
1: I am just saying that would have absolutely been your reaction. You would have just looked away and been like, oh, okay, yeah, like, okay, nothing's happening. Nothing... <laughs> like, you would have, that, would, that is just your reaction.
0: <laughs> I could see that. I could see that being you. I would, like... Honestly, I would just, like, melt. I'd just be like, no. Yelena Beloves said, I'd say thank you, obviously. Don't call me that 249 said I'd have a stroke. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, uh, that is very fair. Rejection isn't failure said, stop drinking alcohol in the shower because it would never happen to me. Well, I do. I I mean, I hope it doesn't happen
1: to you because... (laughs) That is, it's just not a good thing. Shouldn't happen. I
0: feel like. Lots of reactions to what would happen if Chloe Beer had walked in on you in the shower. I would simply consensually kiss her <laughs> if that is what she wanted to do. <laughs> you let reaction. her like walk into your shower, but you'd ask for consent for yeah, you, yeah
1: you know? exactly. I'd be like, okay, this is weird, but I mean, if you're in here like for that reason, then let's do it. <laughs>
0: Contrast Chloe to poor Becca, who has no idea what the heck is happening at this moment in time. Somebody has just walked in on her shower. Yep. Like, Chloe doesn't help herself with is the fact that she doesn't really explain herself. She's so focused on this task that she's kind of set that she doesn't explain, like, why she's walked in. So when Becca's, poor Becca's panicking, trying to grab the shower curtain... Chloe just goes in with another question that just sounds mildly inappropriate.
1: Yeah, how high does your belt go? <laughs> yeah, I would actually have no idea what she was talking about at that point. I would have just get like, "My little, little, little how Becca's like, my what? Like, I'd just be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> she, like, literally, I'm pretty sure, it's at that, like, specific point where Becca, like, literally backs up against the wall. Like, she's slammed to the wall with, like, a hand over her chest. And any normal person would be like, okay, wow, I just crossed a boundary here. Not Chloe. (laughs) She's still like, yeah, okay, let's continue asking you questions, even though I should definitely be giving you an explanation right now.
0: Can we just, I think also one thing that just came to my mind is the fact that, okay, this is maybe a month later after the activities fair, Chloe still recognizes her like the accusation you can sing comes because Becca said at the activities fair that she couldn't sing and they Mm -hmm. must have met a number of students during their time at the activities fair and and trying to find people since then and the fact that she still remembers Becca at that point is is astounding really she made like a big impression Yeah, I mean, it was barely like a minute or so of interaction.
1: Yeah. But that is just supposed to show that they are supposed to be together and we are all correct in our fan fiction of the Chloe (laughs) that it was just meant to be.
0: I mean, whether or not Becca recognises Chloe at that point when she's panicking and then somebody's walked into the shower, I think she eventually clocks into (laughs) who it is, but it's like okay yeah Chloe knows who you are
1: yeah yeah I I never thought of that I bet she like doesn't actually recognize her at first because Chloe looks like kind of different in that scene to how she looks in the activities fair scene whereas Becca looks very similar like she's still got like the eyeliner in the shower (laughs) I'm pretty sure
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know why she's wearing eyeliner in the shower but
1: Yeah, she's like straight, got like eyeliner and like dark eyeshadow and everything in that like shower. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Oh, she is like just backed up against that wall, very timid. And Chloe's just standing there with like a hand, like, I don't know if it's, I can't tell if it's like on her hip or like on the shower curtain, but she's just very does not care she's very confident
0: it amazes me that like becca shuts the curtain and and chloe just opens it again and walks in yeah like (laughs) she steps in but i'm pretty sure chloe turns the shower off is it chloe that turns the shower yeah becca
1: yeah it's chloe she like reaches out and turns it off
0: so like poor you can just imagine poor becca is literally now in that corner because the 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 I don't want to say, like the lever for the shower is right next to us. so like Chloe's gone <laughs> close <laughs> Chloe's gone close enough in to turn the shower off yeah I, mean, I know what
1: word you didn't want to say then I get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but yeah she literally like leans right in to like push the lever down and then Becca's just like standing there like she's stuck in that one like spot because Chloe has got like the entirety of like the rest of the like cubicle of the shower and she's just like stretched out in it like hands on her hips like not caring and Becca's just like squished into a little corner like oh my god where do I go yeah I mean
0: Chloe's like, just I burying can't, I can't it all escape. to the world and she's just like I can't
1: escape but, yeah Chloe's <laughs> oh, yeah. doing
0: that <laughs> she's just like out there for what do you see hands on the hips like cornering this poor freshman in uh, in the shower <laughs>
1: I love that you just said she's like bearing it all to the world because that implies that Becca is her world and I just agree you just made such a soft little like fanfic moment right there (laughs) oh there you go see I'm definitely including that in something at some point
0: Oh there you go. <laughs> yeah. watch, watch this face. So yeah, we probably should talk about it a little bit because it is a controversial moment with the whole mm-hmm. consent issue. If this scene was made today, do you think that that would be included? I'm
1: not sure
0: because I feel like
1: it's 2012. That's not like super long ago. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like they really didn't think think it through too much. But a lot of the movie is like that. Like, they have a few, like, questionable, like, lines. I think this is the most, like, questionable, like, scene, though. And no matter how many, like, good fics and stuff it has, like, produced, it's still just not okay. Like, it's there's just no justifying it. Like, I've said, like, 20 times now. <laughs> it's like, you can't justify walking into somebody's shower without permission. But I don't know. I feel like it sounds really bad to say you have to, like, look past it. But you kind of do. Like to be able to like enjoy the scene. But yeah, if it was like a real life thing, then no, like there's no looking past it.
0: It is interesting because I think generally Pitch Perfect as a movie tries to kind of stretch boundaries and mm-hmm. be a little bit edgy. And this is one of those moments where it's trying to be like right on the edge. Honestly, I don't know if this scene would have survived if they remade the film just because... Probably not. Yeah, because I think those topics are a more... Talked about now and more highlighted as being not okay. Mm-hmm. It was interesting you mentioning that when you watch the movie, because I remember watching it for the first time, and that seemed, I find it quite uncomfortable watching it just for mm-hmm. the fact that, like, what is happening, and you know, I mean, you come to love it as a Bakhloe moment later on when you kind of get a little bit more Bakhloe and you get to know the trilogy better, and that just becomes part of the Bakhloe experience, I suppose, in a way. But, um, Yeah, that there is something I found uncomfortable watching it when I first saw it, just for the fact that it was like she is naked in the shower and somebody just walked in. Like, yeah. When I like first watched that
1: scene, I didn't actually think about like the inappropriate like part of it because I wasn't like focusing on the fact, which sounds really bad, but like obviously I didn't like Pitch Perfect when I first saw it, so I wasn't really thinking about like the Chloe. But I just like thought. Like, they were just, like, talking to each other and they were, like, just talking about, like, the music and stuff. Like, I never actually thought about how inappropriate it was until I, like, joined the fandom and I saw people talking about it like I don't know who it was but somebody was like basically saying that like the Chloe are like an unhealthy shit because they're like based on like a like non-consensual like interaction meaning like the shower scene and I was like oh wow yeah like I never thought of it like that like I just didn't think about the inappropriate part but it is very inappropriate but I don't know I just wasn't focusing on that and I guess Chloe also wasn't focusing on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Chloe (laughs) had other things on her mind, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) On Twitter, Danvers shared their thoughts. They said, the first time I watched it, it bothered me, the invasion, the disregard for Becca's dismissal. But after I realised the movie was going for an over-the-top kind of comedy, I tried letting it go. That's why I didn't ship Chloe until the second movie, because I couldn't get past it. And it mm-hmm. was back in 2012. Things have changed a lot. Before, some comedies used to get away with a lot of things, and it was normal. That's why I, I don't think it's worthy criticising anymore, considering the mindset behind this kind of movie back at the time, which I think is like quite true. It's like, or I mean, it's nine years old now, verging on 10. And yeah, I mean, there were some risky things done in movies like this type of thing, so... And I think we, are, we do talk a lot more about consent now than we did maybe even nine years ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it is.
1: It, it definitely didn't like age well. It was not okay 10 years ago, ago but it definitely yeah. didn't age well, no.
0: Also on Twitter, Bears fan Jordan said, I love how Chloe doesn't objectify Becca at all. While her approach is odd, her interest in Becca is in this moment is completely professional. Chloe has boundaries even when she's breaking them, which I thought was a fair point and just kind of like, you know, not not that we're saying it's okay to jump into somebody's shower for any reason without consent. But as we sort of mentioned, her whole focus is on the voice and Chloe's just kind of gone for it in a sense. But I do like the fact that that's something that people had noticed and maybe that's helped you get through the scene is just the fact that chloe hasn't gone in there as any ulterior motive apart from focusing on this voice that's singing
1: yeah exactly like uh, the way she went about it was like very wrong obviously but yeah she definitely wasn't going in there to do anything like malicious or she wasn't even like going in there to hit on her or anything it was literally just business just I like in a that. bad way
0: <laughs> business. Bella's business business
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it was literally a business thing for her it was just done poorly
0: yeah so we kind of yeah so I, I feel like glad that we've kind of talked a bit about the consent thing and and obviously everyone will have their own opinion on if that was okay or not and you know it is what it is yeah. and it's it's the Chloe scene that we have and of course, we haven't had time to delve into the whole of the shower scene today. So, watch this space for next week as we'll have part two of the shower scene with me and Ellie, aka Chloe Beale on Tumblr, aka TNYLM on AO3. But right now, it's time to get into some fan fiction. <coughs> so, for our fan fiction highlights this week. One that I've been thoroughly enjoying is a fic called Make Some Room by The Pocket Dragon. This is available on AO3, and the summary says 3 girls, 1 New York apartment, and an ad for a spare room. Enter Becca Mitchell. And, and they were roommates AU, strangers to friends to lovers. But Chloe Sloburn. Now I will warn you that it is not finished, like there's still more to come. I couldn't just wait anymore because I am enjoying this fix so much and if you haven't kind of got into it yet this is well worth it. It is really giving me kind of sitcom vibes anyway as you kind of read through it. Little bit friends vibes, little bit kind of how I met your mother, that kind of idea of or new girl. It really kind of gives me some new girl vibes as well. Just that whole idea of A group of friends living in New York and just kind of trying to navigate life. That is kind of, like, how it feels, but with a really big Pitch Perfect twist. Now, obviously, it doesn't follow necessarily the storyline of Pitch Perfect, but there's, like, a heck of a lot of references in there and just, like things that are really similar with just slight changes so it's like really fun to read through and have all the characters there in one form or another and like references to what happens in the movies and so you have this like just fun time recalling all these things and seeing how they play out in this new universe that's being created one of the big ones is the fact that in this becca doesn't go to barden but all the other bellas do so They're the Bellas, but it's a great kind of insight into what maybe happened with Becca if she chose not to go to Biden and went to LA instead. And so you have this really tight-knit Bellas group that is formed anyway from their experiences being the Bellas, but obviously Becca's not really entered into that and she's only entering into their lives now at this kind of stage where a lot of them, they've all graduated and they're living in New York looking for a roommate. So there's like, all that going on. With that as well then you also have the joy of kind of seeing what has happened to Becca and how that's all played out. One of my favourite additions with this is Luke, and the inclusion of Luke in Becca's kind of side of the story. One thing that I also really enjoy from this is just the fact that there are little differences with the characters and how they play out. And so it really kind of adds depth to the characters and their story. Like, I really feel like the authors really thought about not only these characters, but giving them a slightly new twist. How would that character deal with this situation? Whether it's Becca and maybe some nerves performing and maybe how a nerve did they overcome that? You've got Aubrey and daddy issues and... Chloe trying to figure out what to do with her life or it could be like a medical thing. There's like a whole load of things that are going on and it really centres around the four that live together which end up being Becca, Chloe, Aubrey and Amy. So it's a really interesting dynamic having the four of them together and then also just the added addition of like what happens if you've got like Chloe, Aubrey and Amy, already kind of a tight-knit group. They've had a few, like, bad housemates already, so they're nervous about having a new addition to their house. They need it, but they're nervous to have it. So, like, enters Becca, and the whole kind of beginning side of this fic is really about watching them learn to adapt to living together. And one of the great parts of that I found was Amy. Because Becca's a completely new person and they've got this like tight-knit thing going on between them, she's like low-key just suspicious of Becca. And that just kind of seems to play into a lot at the beginning. And then it also has an effect on Aubrey and like how Aubrey thinks of things. And clearly they've had a few like bad roommates already. So I can understand why they're suspicious. Or just cautious. It's so fun to just kind of see how that all plays out, the antics that they might get up to. I also find this the whole fic just so relatable. Maybe it's because I've gone through the fear of of finishing uni or college, and like, what do you do with your life? And trying to take that next step into becoming independent and doing something is really difficult, and it doesn't always go the way you think it's gonna go, and I loved how kind of honest that is in the fic. It doesn't kind of shy away from that. And the fact that, you know, all of the Bellas are trying to kind of figure that out in one way or another. And it just kind of felt really real that, especially with Chloe and Aubrey in their situation, like Aubrey's ended up having to work for her dad and Chloe's kind of ended up getting a job at the same firm. You fall into these roles, you fall into these positions and... And it's safe and it's comfortable because it it gives you the money and you get into a routine and it's kind of, that's easy. And being able to read characters where they're in this situation, but obviously contemplating their lives or what they want to do, or how are they going to move forward or progress because maybe it's not where they thought they'd end up, is really interesting. And it kind of explores that whole idea of like careers or futures, not only with Chloe and Aubrey, but with a lot of the characters, even Becca, all coming from different backgrounds and perspectives and so it's like a really fascinating melting pot of all of this happening and then of course you have the added addition of the Chloe which is just so sweet in this story. How this all plays out I just love it. I have absolutely loved it and I can't wait to see what happens next. Following on, in the same vein of New York, I wanted to take you on a little bit of a different spin with this one. It's not necessarily a fic, but I felt that it... It kind of feels like a fic. It's a script that is on Tumblr which is a AU, but it's an How I Met Your Mother AU. And I saw this on Tumblr and I literally just fell in love with it. So if you haven't seen it, it's by aka-dork on Tumblr. And they literally have got scripts up that you can read of a How I Met Your Mother AU taking, obviously, the characters and things from Pitch Perfect. It is so much fun just kind of having these beloved characters and if you've seen the TV show How I Met Your Mother, you kind of know how it's going to play out or how it goes. And seeing how they've crossed it over and they've merged these two things together. The storyline of How I Met Your Mother with pitch-perfect characters, I've fallen in love with it and like, just I just cannot get enough. And obviously the premise of How I Met Your Mother is the idea that the parent is telling the story of how they met their mother to their kids. And it flips between them telling the kids and the actual storyline of how that meet-cute and eventually becoming married and whatever else happens. But it's literally how that build-up of how did you end up meeting the mum. One of my favourite kind of things with AUs like this, where you're taking an established thing, whether it's a movie or TV show, I mean, a lot of people have done Friends AUs and taken bits from Friends, is the fact that you know the storyline, you know the characters, and it's really fun to then see which characters they've placed into which roles. And because it's based around the Chloe, Chloe is the one telling the story, which I was a bit thrown off at first. I didn't think it would play out that way, but then the more I kind of got into it, I was like, I love this. I loved the placement of these characters. Benji and Emily, I wasn't expecting them to be there as like lillian marshall but as soon as i read it i was like oh my word this is so good it just fitted so well so you've got chloe benji and emily and of course you need a barney don't you which out of all of the characters from pitch perfect there is only one really that could pull off barney which is of course stacy so you've got this melting pot of these You know, the little group that's formed and it's quite an interesting little group. It's not the four that I would have picked to go together, but I loved it. I just loved the whole idea of it. And this is like slowly coming out and obviously you've got this sort of added bonus of the fact that this is a sitcom. So it's got this sort of lightheartedness and just the fun of that whole thing. Even though I know the storyline of How I Met Your Mother, I just I'm in love with just how this whole story plays out and of course Becca's gonna be there at some point you have to read it I mean there's only really one big character it could be from How I Met Your Mother but I'm also just really excited to just see what they're gonna do with this story because obviously How I Met Your Mother is like a mammoth thing that went on for seasons I mean, please don't tell me you're going to do, like, all of that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be here to read it, but don't, don't don't get me wrong. But still, that's a lot of work. But, like, I'm so intrigued. Like, how have they decided to play out this story? Because How Am I Your Mother got re- real complicated. Also, just for the fact that I just want to read Stacy doing, like, the plays from, like, the playbook from Barney. I mean, it's got to be done. One of my things for Stacy is the fact that if she was ever, like, in a comedy or, like, a sitcom type thing like this was that she would be a very Barney character and she would have like a playbook of some sort with her plays using them on whoever she was going to woo probably Aubrey but like it's just the whole thing in my head I've thought of a number of them that she might do it's a whole thing so I was just eating it up the fact that Stacy is, is Barney love it and I just really can't wait to see how Chloe and Becca are going to Get together in this. And the final fic this week is a fic called Neat by Small Steps on AO3. The summary says Soulmate AU, where your soulmate's name appears on your skin once they've fallen in love with you, but slightly changed. So you've got an interesting kind of premise with this one, a little bit of a different AU story. And it's really interesting when you delve into the fic the fact that like anybody's name could appear on your body and you could have like multiple names if that person is falling in love with you in any way it could end up on your body and it's a really interesting kind of take on the soulmate AU with this idea that like you have no control over somebody else's feelings and coming from Stacy's perspective it's a really interesting kind of twist. And I didn't expect it to go quite as deep as it went in the fic. And it's, it's only a short little fic. But luckily they've added a second part to it. So you, the story does continue. Because it's quite the tease in just this one section. So, like, I really enjoyed seeing how this plays out. It's got the two sections now. And, I mean, I would... I'm all here for reading as much of this as possible if they ever choose to kind of continue it. But the two bits that they have made really do gel really well together and give you this kind of lovely rounded story. But one of the things that just really drew me in with this story was just the whole thoughts around this soulmate concept. The idea that you didn't have any control over somebody falling in love with you and with somebody like Stacey Conrad... It really focuses on Stacy in the first part of this story and the fact that, like, she's very pretty and people know that she's very pretty and playing into the whole idea of, like, her being the hunter and everything, but how painful it must be that people fall in love with you because of the way you look and not necessarily for any other reason. So she ends up having a lot of names on her because of the way she looks, but actually that causes a quite a lot of pain. The fact that nobody's really taken the time to just get to know her and like her for who she is. And, like, it really did get quite deep. I wasn't prepared for it, but I was just really touched by this whole concept and the whole kind of angle that they had chosen to go through with this story. And then how there was one name that, that comes up that is completely different from all the other names that she's had on her skin. You know, this is a strawberry story... But what's really touching is the fact that it seems so unexpected to Stacy. what happens. It's clear that it's more than just face value. And for someone who literally is plagued by having so many names on their skin that they have no control over, how this means so much. And so you really get Stacey's reaction and the second part kind of delves more into Aubrey. And it's a really interesting take with Aubrey, what happens there. And so it's just like this really interesting kind of mix of emotions that you really get, especially from Stacy's perspective. I love just how special it became to Stacy when she realised that maybe somebody cared for her more than just the way she looked. And I think especially with Stacy being a character that is often headcanoned for being quite clever but people don't necessarily perceive that of Stacey could be really touching and just like a really interesting step with this character so like it's just it was so much more heartfelt than I was prepared for but I really enjoyed it those are our fix for this week thank you so much for listening if you want to keep up to date with the podcast we are on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and we've also set up a Ko-Fi account now so that you can support the podcast through that We'll be delving into the second part of my conversation about the shower scene next week. I'll see you next time, Pitches.